Letter 14. A dispatch from the desk of Baxter Thorndyke, Councillor, the Old Hall, Burley Cross. 21st of the 12th, 2006. Brian, remember to destroy this letter as soon as you have read and memorised the contents. Don't bin it, don't shred it, burn it. I thought it was probably advisable to pass on the details of the sex hex by post under the ingenious disguise of boring council business. We don't want Petra accidentally happening across it in the form of a stray email while idly going through the online receipts for your annual tax return, do we now? As I told you when we conversed on the issue in the bar after council, I'm not prone to handing out information on the hex to just anyone willy-nilly. Consider yourself lucky. Consider yourself blessed. The sex hex works. It is powerful magic. Don't play around with it. It is deadly, deadly serious. Use it at your own peril, in other words. Got that? Good. So, let's get down to business. For a successful hex, you will need... 1. A sheet of plain white paper from a previously unused Basildon Bond notepad. Basildon Bond are a good quality paper manufacturer. The original spell demands virgin parchment, which could just as easily be a stray page ripped from a scruffy student notepad. But where's the fun in that? I find the spell is at its most potent, its most powerful, when each individual ingredient you use is as good and as pure as it possibly can be. 2. A matching envelope, as above. 3. A downy feather from the breast of a turtle dove. I have a casual acquaintance, the husband of Tammy's former acupuncturist. Greasy little chap, also an aficionado of the hex, who happens to breed grouse and doves. He has kindly provided me with a ready supply of downy feathers. I have taken the trouble to enclose one for you here. 4. A hair from the head of the object of your desire. A good technique to acquire one, I often find, is to get into a lift, or onto a bus, if you ever use public transport, with the hex E and stand directly behind them. You can then remove a stray hair from the back of their dress slash jacket with relative impunity. 5. Orcus muscular. This is the early purple orchid, or cuckoos, as it's often called in the Midlands. It's fairly widespread all over the UK and can be found in both woods and on meadowland. It flowers from mid-April to mid-June, but the flowers of no interest to us. What we need is the tuber, i.e. the root. To complicate matters, the plant has two of them, both fleshy and egg-shaped. The difference between them is that one feeds the plant, then shrinks as the plant matures, the other receives all the excess nutrients that the plant accumulates throughout its growing season and so expands as the year progresses, thereby providing the energy the plant will need in order to germinate the following year. This is the tuber you want. The withered one is sometimes used in spells to check wronged passions. The last thing you need... The fresh one is under the dominion of Venus, and will certainly serve our purpose. 6. Orcus masculata. It looks very like cuckoos, just to add to your misery, but flowers slightly later, July. 
you'll find it on heaths and commons. It's generally known as the spotted orchid. Mascular also has spotted leaves, so whoever you get your supply from certainly needs to know the difference between the two. Try looking on the internet if you get desperate. The important distinction between the two species lies underground. Masculatus tubers are divided into several finger-like lobes. As a consequence, it is sometimes called dead men's fingers, or Parma Christi. I believe there's a reference to it in Hamlet. Ophelia is wreathed in them when she drowns. This root is also referred to as the female satyrion. The myth is that they were the special food of satyrs and excited them to terrible excesses. Once again, it is the plump tuber that you want, and to distinguish between the two types, they must always be harvested in autumn. Both kinds of tubers need to be prepared in the same way. First, you'll need to immerse them in boiling water, briefly scald them in other words, but be sure and keep the sets of tubers strictly separated throughout this process, or you'll forget which batch is which. The skins must then be rubbed off, and the tubers placed into a preheated oven for around 10 minutes, 180 degrees centigrade, 160 if your oven has a fan. Never, never the microwave. Once you've removed them from the oven, place them somewhere cool and airy for a few days, away from any damp. During this time, they will change from looking milky to transparent and horny. When fully dried, they can be stored indefinitely in a glass jar or a plastic bag. Remember, do label them correctly to forestall any future heartache. For the hex to work, you will need a small slither of each, approximately the size and width of your littlest nail. 7. A sample of the saliva of the object of your desire. Sounds tricky, but this is easier to manage than you might initially imagine. Just invite the object slash hexy out for a meal, or buy them a coffee, or, if needs be, just follow them around until you see them partaking of a random beverage, and then acquire the can slash glass slash cup after they have gone and simply wipe a clean white tissue around its rim. A good quality tissue. White, pristine, with a high ply. None of that recycled rubbish. It is this tissue that you will employ in the hex. 8. Page 85 of the Karma Sutra. This is the numerological part of the equation. The page number is acquired, a detail that had always deeply perplexed me before I finally worked it out during that especially long and boring debate about the future of the Ilkley Lido last spring, by adding together the numerical value of each individual letter in the words sex, hex, i.e. 19 for S, 5 for E, etc, etc. When I initially used the hex, I bought a new copy of the Karma Sutra for each fresh conquest. Now I just photocopy the page. It seems just as effective. How the hex works. Using a black pen, draw a large vagina onto the sheet of plain white paper, in as much detail as you like, and then print the name of your hexy in capital letters around its perimeter. If you don't know their name, then their title will do just as well, so long as you keep a clear vision in your mind of them all the time as you are drawing. E.g. Lollipop Lady. Underneath it, draw a large, erect penis pointing directly towards the vagina. Try and give it the characteristics of your own penis. 
Then print your name in clear, strong, capital letters along its immense, distended shaft. Next, fold up the tissue, the page of the Karma Sutra, the hair, the feather, the two slithers of dried orchid tuber, and place them all into the envelope alongside the drawing you have made. On the front of the envelope, write Sex Hex. Underline it. Twice. Take this envelope outside to a quiet corner, or if you have an open fireplace inside which is sufficiently private, use that, and set fire to it while repeating the phrase, Blank, come to me. Blank, come to me. Blank is the name of your hexie, obviously. If you don't know their name, then once again use the appropriate phrase, e.g. Sexy brunette in the post office, come to me, etc. Leave the burned remains where they lie. Do not touch them or move them. Soon, very soon, the object of your desire will be beaten a path to your door. Just sit back and wait. It will happen. On average, I find it takes around 48 hours. When they finally do turn up, pulling off their clothes, gasping, panting, the sex will be astonishing. Explosive, filthy, unconstrained, orgiastic. The only negative effect is that there can often be an unpleasant smell in the room during the act of copulation. I have been told that this aroma is something to do with the power of the early purple orchid, which, generally odourless, can exude a foul smell as dusk falls. For this reason, I always tend to burn sweet orange oil in the room, if I'm in a room and can plan ahead, for the duration of the coition. Occasionally, the smell clings to your skin for a while. It's not a terrible aroma, like burned butter, quite acrid. Another negative effect of the sex hex is that the hexe will loathe you afterwards. They won't understand what it was that compelled them to initiate a random act of sex with you. They'll start off feeling dazed, then become slightly panicked and confused, then grow deeply resentful. But hey, who cares? You've got what you wanted, so what the heck? I have used the hex twelve times now, and have yet another charming little hexy lined up, unbeknownst to her, even as I type this. It has worked like a dream each time. Except once. I'd hexed this sweet Danish nurse at work and she never showed up. It later transpired that she'd been knocked down by an ambulance while running across the road directly adjacent to my office. She broke both her legs, so was of no use to me then for several months. I don't think the power of the hex lasts indefinitely, and I couldn't risk hexing her again after that. Do choose your conquests carefully. I once made the mistake of using the sex hex on Sarah Jane's geography teacher. Gorgeous redhead, straight out of college, a real goer. Once the hex had been fulfilled, two rampant hours locked inside the school sickbay, and she turned all sour and vengeful, she opted, unfairly, to take out her rage on SJ. The poor child came bottom of her class that year. Which was a shame. Geography was her favourite subject. It really knocked SJ's confidence and finally put to rest all her ambitions of becoming Darby's answer to Sir Ranulph Fiennes. A pretty silly dream for a girl to have anyway, I suppose. 
I also used it on Pleasance Rutler, the wife of Ilkley's old mare. Remember her? Blonde, bossy, great legs, ex-professional dancer, thighs with the grip of a python. She really, really bore a grudge. Nasty piece of work. Slashed the tyres on my car. Well, it was Tam's car, as it happens. I'd taken her little black VW Golf convertible to work that day. My Range Rover was being MOT'd. My first hex was on a young Nigerian traffic warden who gave me a ticket while I was parked on a double yellow outside the hospital. A revenge fuck, so to speak. Although, of course, I was able to claim the money back on the grounds of it being a medical emergency. I banged her inside a bus shelter, then several more times back at her home. She was the mother of twins, lived in a crummy flat on a still crummier estate. Kids screamed in the cot as we screwed next door. Her caesarean scars were still pink, which was slightly off-putting, but hey-ho. In case you're interested, I was originally taught these sex hex by a heart surgeon I worked with in Derby. It was a teaching hospital. He'd been through half of the med students there, and I was desperate to know how. Can't have been much under 70, the frisky old dog. I'm not entirely sure where it was that he learned it from originally. So, yes, I think that's about the sum of it. Text me if you think I've left anything out. Good luck with it. Don't be scared to give it a whirl. And remember, it might seem fiddly to start off with, but it's foolproof, and a hell of a lot less trouble than the other techniques we discussed. Happy Christmas, etc. Bax. Now burn this, you hear? <laughs>